Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whenever it is, wherever you are, I'm Aaron Asensio, alongside Ryan Cutchin, and you are listening to the Sporting Informed Sports hey, Show. We're, we're recording now. Sorry we missed yeah. last week. Yeah, our clock management is almost as bad as Nathaniel Hackett's. We should get a senior assistant. <laughs> we got to find Maybe one. Maybe we should find one, see what Jerry Rosberg's doing. <laughs> Rosberg. All right, man. Well, I'm in a better mood this week than last time. Uh, it wasn't pretty, but the Broncos did win. Two and one, tied for first in the division. Right, yeah. Most importantly, tied for first because every other team in the AFC West lost on Sunday. Yeah, and then it looked like it was going to be every team was going to lose for a while there. Or God, it was close. I, I felt like I just felt I did not feel the win in my gut. But weirdly, I'm feeling more optimistic now than I was at the end of Sunday. Yeah. I don't really know why. Well, I kind of know why, but I want to save that um, for for some discussion coming up. But just like gut feel, I didn't feel great. But the more I've like, yeah, just kind of thought about it and done a little digging, I'm feeling all right. I like okay. So compared to last season at this time, three and zero. What was it like? I don't know. Remember the order, but it was Jaguars, Giants, Jets, Teddy Bridgewater. You're three and zero. How did you feel then compared to how do you feel now? Dude, I got uh, bullied online because I said that uh, it was fool's gold last year and the teams that we beat were teams that we needed to beat, so it didn't yeah. matter. So you were just like, eh, at this point last year. Yeah, I, I wasn't sold on, on you know that iteration of the Broncos, and a lot of people online were like, it's hard to win in the NFL. You got to just take all the wins you can get, and you shouldn't criticize them for winning. And it's like, yeah, but... We're supposed to beat them. And so how do you feel now? Hmm. I've got a lot of mixed feelings about okay. right now. Hmm. Might be I, the I, way I, to describe cautious, how a lot of the fan base is feeling. Cautious optimism. Let me let okay. me let me put it this way. Uh I don't feel awful about these crappy looking wins and that ugly loss in week one. Um for basically two key reasons. First okay. of all, Huge shout-out to the Broncos' defense, which yes. has only allowed 36 points all year. Absolutely. Which is second-fewest in the NFL, by the way. The only team that has given up fewer points is uh, Tampa Bay. They've only given up 27, which is absurd. What's Are they 2-1? and one? I know they lost to Green Bay on Sunday. Yeah, so that would put them at 2-1. and one. That's right. Um, But, dude, I, I just keep looking back at 2015 this has always been one of my favorite stats but uh i hope that it is a good omen uh for this year not, maybe not a good omen but just a a good example of you know why we shouldn't be freaking out this year um in 2015 the broncos lost eight games by one score or less uh Sorry, they won eight games by one score or less. Okay. Went on to win the Super Bowl. That same year, the Chargers lost nine games by one score or less and went four and 12. Man. So, you know, a couple of coin flips. Yeah. You know, just <clears throat> seconds uh, go the other way. Um, and maybe the Chargers hoist the Lombardi and the Broncos are sitting there at four and 12. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's kind of wild to think about. I mean, and. I mean, frankly, right now, a couple of uh, fumbles that actually don't get fumbled, and it's it's a three and O season. Yeah, um, 
you you brought up 2015 i gotta shout out this guy on the nfl subreddit um goes by less info is better um they say uh this is painfully similar to the tebow area offense manure special teams great defense amazing quarterback loves jesus (laughs) it does it does add up with but hopefully you know hopefully it's a better result than you know uh second round exit from the playoffs but uh you know what though for the first year of a head coach and quarterback and brand new defensive coordinator and all of it i'd take a second round exit from the playoffs i don't know if the fan base would because well the fan base is stupid yeah but the (laughs) fan base has been sitting here for what six something years in this rebuild and you know it kind of wasn't really coming along in a very smooth way well we kind of um, talked there was about not this. gradual improvement and so now you know i, I think people are like okay you see know. i i don't think that this team has actually seen a rebuild um not since uh, maybe peyton manning came here even that it wasn't really a rebuild no that, that was, was a just a well even and it was a spike it, it was a jump you know yeah, there, but, there was no ramping up uh, and then Manning left, and we f- kind of slid off of this plateau uh, into a rut. Yeah, and I I don't think that there has been a legitimate rebuild. Maybe that's true. There's and like I, been I no tanking, Wilson, really. Yeah, and I think that Wilson coming back or coming uh, sorry Wilson coming bringing over. the the quarterback position back to a respectable place. That's not a rebuild either. I think that's another jump. Just no, like I don't think Peyton this is came. a rebuild. I think this is like an all-in. And yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. That wasn't really a rebuild. It was just kind of uh, treading water, I guess, in, in some sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, maybe maybe we speak of that differently if like Josh Allen's a Denver Bronco or something, you know. Um, then it's like, oh, that rebuild got us Josh Allen. But Oh, I firmly believe that Josh Allen's career would have been run into the ground if he was drafted here. Really? He still would have had Vance Joseph and Vic Fangio coaching for him. Maybe not Fangio, but at least Joseph. Yeah. Yeah, that, I guess that's not great. Yeah. All right. All right. Sorry. We got into the weeds, like, right away. Yeah. That's fine. We jumped into things. I think the energy is high tonight. Mm-hmm. Probably because I forgot my cable at home and just had to, like. That's why you need a special assistant, man. I, exactly. I'm telling you. Just game management's off. Yeah. It's all. It's all. But that's Wacky. okay. We're recording, so we're basically two and one. <laughs> All right. Feels good. I, I I split up my notes for this game into the good, the bad, and the ugly because I'm super original like that. Okay. Let's do this game, and then we can jump into some broader picture yeah. stuff. I watched this game. I didn't watch it with you. Right. It was not easy to watch, obviously. Um. But really, this could have been a 16-10 game if the pick six stands and Garoppolo doesn't step out of the end zone. So, true. you know, uh, maybe not as as awkward as it looks on paper, but 11-10 is a pretty sweet score. Um, it could have been a 16-3 game if uh, the pass interference was called on the touchdown that the uh, Niners scored. Let's just call it that. Let's call it 16-3. We're just, Let's yeah. Let's roll with that. Re- revisit, revisionist history. Good God. <laughs> let me trip all over that word. All right. So you got good, bad, and ugly. Let's let's get into it. All right. The good. The Broncos cleaned up penalties a lot. 
I'm not even sure I noticed that. Yeah, which is a good thing. Absolutely. Uh, the Broncos were called for five penalties for 30 yards versus, what was it, 12 or 13? Yeah, I think it for, was 12 last game. For over 100 yards. Um, clock management was not an issue. So, you know, you quipped a little bit about Jerry Roseburg at the top of the show mm-hmm. here. Uh, Hackett hired him last middle of last week. I, I guess, actually, they they were in touch with him uh, as early as Monday last week. Okay. Just didn't get his contract finalized until late in the week. Uh, he was formerly an assistant head coach and special teams coordinator for the Ravens until he retired in 2018. Uh, now he's he's with the Broncos helping with – uh, game day decisions. So I don't okay. really know what exactly that means, but it's it, maybe just organizing communication between coordinators, head coach, that kind of deal, because that seems to be where some of the breakdowns were like, who should be on the field right now in this yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, and get them out there and get these other guys off the field. Yeah. We didn't know? run into issues uh, on Sunday night. Like we did uh, the previous week where they forgot to send out a punter. I mean, a punt returner. Like, how do you forget yeah. to put a man on the field? I don't know. Um, moving along. Really uh, quick on that, though. Did anyone in press talks, press conferences, after this game or leading up to it, discuss him? Whether it was Hackett or any of the players or any of the coordinators. Did, any, did anyone shout him out or, or specifically say what he was doing? Or is it just no, kind you know, of he was hired I... and... Everyone just kind of went about their business. Yeah, and, uh, I don't really know, to be honest. Um, I I don't spend a lot of time like pouring over press conferences. Yeah, they're really dry. They are. I, I sometimes I like to listen to, especially after a win. I like to listen and just kind of like, just kind of bask. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, did not do that this week though, so uh, I, I'm not really sure. Can't help you out with that question. Okay. I didn't see anything. Nothing was clipped on social media that right was about him that I saw. Um, so I did touch on the uh, the little stat from from 2015 about uh, the one score games. Um, the other other part of uh, my note here about uh, ugly win is better than pretty loss. Um, Denver lost their last 15 straight and 27 of their last 28 when trailing at halftime before Sunday. So they, they trailed seven to three mm-hmm. at halftime uh, and then rallied to win. Yeah. They're 27 of the last 28 times they trailed at halftime. They ended up losing the game. Comeback wins. There you go. So um, that's encouraging. Not that like, you know, picking up eight points is like amazing, but no, but, but the defense holding, I did see yep. a stat about the defense. Denver's defense in the second half of games, and it, I think they were, you know, one or number one or two in like yards allowed, just something pretty basic. Yeah, it's it's clear that they are uh, reacting well. Their their in game adjustments are top notch so far. Uh, if some of that could bleed over to the offense, that'd be sweet. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, kind of makes me wonder if uh, defensive coordinator Ejiro Ever- Evero, uh, if he's going to be around the Broncos too much longer or if he might be a quick right it was funny because I was watching the game with uh commonly brought up fellow uh friend of ours Brian Obenchain and he uh, mentioned um part way through the game he's like can we just make that guy our head coach 
So yeah, speaking of that guy, let's go down his players who uh, who made plays. Jonas Griffith with a huge game-changing interception. P.J. Locke forcing the game-clinching fumble. And then Kareem Jackson coming up with the recovery on that play. Josie Jewell, Bradley Chubb, Randy Gregory, Mike Purcell, all registered sacks. Uh, Jewell, by the way, in his first game in 2022. He looked because good. Because he'd been dealing with injuries. He looked good. Yeah, five tackles and a sack. Like, let's go. He looked like he made a difference in the run game, although Broncos did give up 75 rushing yards, so maybe not too much of a difference. It just looked like it. And, dude, my guy, my new favorite, Bronco, Patrick Sertan. Yep. yep. Targeted six times and allowed zero receptions. I saw a, a tweet, and I don't know who it was from. Um, he has allowed the fourth lowest passer rating when targeted since he entered the league. Is this his second year? Yeah. That's incredible. And it's it's especially incredible because it usually takes cornerbacks some time to kind of acclimate to the game, you know, speed of the NFL. Um, Sertan's just started hot out of the gate. Like, it took him no time to get going. This is what scares me about football in general, though. It really scares me is like, and I know we just railed off a bunch of defensive players that are really um, playing well. But, man, I just, like, I'm so scared of, like, a certain injury and what that would do. Yeah. You know, it, it really scares me a lot. And I, I know that's completely, like, irrational. Why even, like, bring that up? Why even put that out? Yeah, knock the, on wood. In the ether. But, uh, but yeah. <laughs> uh, man, let's just keep that guy healthy because it is, it's fun to watch him, too. You know, he's really stepping up here in his second year kind of you know I don't I, w- I don't know that he's I don't really have an example say he's like the defensive leader but um at least in terms of results why not why not call him that yeah he's uh he's definitely him and and Gregory I think are are your early defensive MVP MVPs and Chubb is not far behind um, let's just see more of Jewel too because yeah I was really enjoying watching him play dude and this is a defense that is missing actually its leader because Justin Simmons is on injured reserve right now uh they say that he should be back so he's missed just one game so he'll miss at least three more okay um but they said that it uh it shouldn't take longer than that well if you Knock look on at wood. the way the defense is performing why rush him back and no it, yeah that's a know, good point I know we talked about this last week, and I can't remember, but when is the bye week? Week 9? I mean, do yeah. you just wait till week 10 just to be extra, extra safe? I mean, obviously a lot can happen between now and then. Um, but, you know, at least for these, like, next four games, I look at them as pretty winnable. Like, maybe you try to bring them back for Jacksonville. Yeah, I maybe. It, it it definitely I, it should be left up to him. Um, you're probably on to something because this team – continually throughout this you know training camp and early in the season they've uh they've said oh we're just being smart and bringing these guys along slowly um now sorry uh, tim patrick's done for the year yes okay yeah so that's not okay sorry i just needed to clarify that i couldn't remember yeah um but that you're saying that was the case with jewel coming yeah jewel coming back just this he heard his calf uh in practice before the first game Mm -hmm. um and then they, they – I don't remember if they actually said, like, oh, we're just being smart with him, but they keep using those exact words. Like um, Greg Dulcich, a rookie tight end, 
Um, a lot of people are hoping he'll come off of IR. It, actually, he's on the physically unable to perform list. I don't think he's on IR. But uh, I think he'll be eligible to return not this coming week against the Raiders, but the next week. Yeah, and that would be nice. I mean, from what I remember, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like Okwe Bunam did not have the best game. No, I think he only had one reception. And did he have a drop as well? I remember him having a drop. Two targets, one reception for 12 yards. Maybe I'm thinking of someone else, but I just remember him not looking great in that you know, game. Here's the thing about Okuebunam, though. Um, I, I Again, I don't remember who this tweet was from, so sorry, I can't properly credit it. But uh, Alberto played 22 snaps on Sunday night, and the Broncos passed on every one of those snaps which means they're predictable when he's on the field because he's not a reliable blocker. Is that because he's not a reliable blocker or is that just something that they need to look at and realize that they're doing? This is like a tell that they have that they might not realize. Yeah, I mean, or probably. Do you think, I mean, is like is Sal, Salbert a great blocker? Like what? Yeah, actually. Is uh, he? Okay. People, people were worried that the opposite would happen where uh, – mm. You know, so Salbert would would come onto the field, and everybody would say, "Oh, bring it in! This is a ru- uh, running play." You know, right, right. Uh, and Salbert's like one of the two or three dudes who's caught a touchdown this year. Yeah, I remember that. So, yeah, I don't know. He he's kind of that's a really interesting stat. I'm gonna definitely be looking for that going forward. Um. All right, my last thing in the good here is Corliss Waitman. Got to give it up for the punter. Uh, and I, I, I'm not being facetious when I say that. He punted 10 times, and there wasn't one that was like, oh, that's that's all you got. No really, butt thanks. punts. No butt punts. So that's nice. He punted for 476 yards. <laughs> I mean, like, cue the uh, Eli Manning quote here, right, that I'm sure everyone saw <laughs> yeah. about why is he not making 235 mil. Um, he punted 10 times six of those were downed inside the opponent's 20 uh, and then just to cap, it as, cap his week off he was named the uh, AFC special teams player of the week and then there was that oh man am I remembering that I need to go back I, see this is where I need to have like more play by play stuff up forget I said anything I was trying to remember a specific kick of his but it, I, it's not going to come to memory um sorry where did you leave off there oh uh, he got uh player of the week sorry i'm not gonna be yeah, able to he help should. you out with the uh, he should won't help won't be able to help you out with the specific kicks because there was definitely yeah there's just too many well definitely a point in the third quarter where i just got pissed off and got on my computer <laughs> well so did the so did the crowd i mean very many moments of audible boo boos coming down from what's your take on the, that the mile high faithful i love it yeah, you're, you're fully in favor of oh, yeah. of whoever the team is and whoever the fans are booing the home team. Not, if they're not. Not without reason. You know, yeah. I think if I think you look at like switching sports like what the Yankees fans do um with how intense they get with the booing and you got players like Joey Gallo, you know, getting let go and signing with with the Dodgers and then when he's asked about his time in New York, he said he didn't even want to leave his apartment. Um, because he was scared he was going to get heckled out on the streets. Now, that's a little extreme, but I don't – this This isn't New York baseball. This mm-hmm. is Denver football, and I think 
this is now three weeks of an offense performing kind of like crap. And that was the whole thing coming into this year is that that was going to be better. Right. So no, I, and, and I don't think it was raining down booze. I mean, I think you just, you heard the booze kind of rumbling, but it's not like an entire stadium after a guy strikes out for the third time in a game, just like ringing everyone's ears with booze. So I, I, yeah. think, I think it's, I think it's something that, is tame enough that it can be used from the player side as motivation. And I think it's a way for the fans to have some well-deserved time to vent. I That's think my take, my only, mm, how do I phrase it? The only thing I disagree with uh, is if the fans are booing while the offense is at the line of scrimmage. Yes, I agree with that. I think you got to shut the hell up <laughs> yes. when, when the offense is trying to operate. I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. And, and I understand the frustration, and I'm not going to tell you what to do if you, you know, drop 500 bucks to take the family to a game. Exactly. I was, I was about is... to bring up the ticket prices this year after the Rust thing. So that's another piece is you're buying maybe tickets for the first time in a few years because yeah. you're looking forward to some offensive fireworks and you're getting the opposite. I mean, um, but no, I agree, and I and I don't think they they were booing a lot or being loud. The uh, counting down the snaps, counting down the play clock um, happened early in this game, and then it wasn't really. I didn't an hear issue. it at all on TV. I didn't know that happened this game. Uh, I remember but it the previous game. Yeah, that actually really irked me, and I I understand for us, you know, being frustrated. I understand wanting to voice your frustration. I don't think that was a constructive way to do it. And I like that Mike one too, Kliss, though. I gotta say. I like it too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It just, it, everything about my football fandom has been shut up when the offense is on the field. Yep. yep. Like I've learned that since day one. Oh, I remember being, you know, in college in the stands at critical Texas games when it's just a packed house and everyone, when we have the ball, it's just, shh, 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 yeah. Shh, shh, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, so that, that's why I didn't like it. Uh, there, it wasn't, wasn't actually like, adverse effects from it but it didn't make anything better either mike yeah. Kliss actually tweeted out the stats of uh what Snaps the penalties were happening. and okay. yeah it, it was pretty comparable ratio wise uh before and after those chants anyway that was a tangent um that was all of your good that I'm was afraid. all of the good okay. we're i actually don't have much bad okay uh we kind of already touched on well, everybody has touched on the offense just looking directionless. Yeah, and it wasn't even like... So I felt like it was directionless games one and two. Honestly, against the 49ers, it just looked incompetent. Not yeah. even directionless, just like... Dude, like the run Bad. Game. I mean, because they weren't... You know, like you said earlier, the penalties weren't there like they had been. And that was like, you know, it wasn't the... The procedural stuff like it had been, right? Right. Like, like you know, delay of game stuff um, or jumping before the snap. It wasn't a lot of that. It was just like <laughs> – it just looked like the, just they bad. weren't good enough. Yeah. They just weren't – like so, they were not good football players. I don't know. Like physically, it, it just – it was so, so aesthetically displeasing to look at. Yeah, I mean, the only saving grace was that one late drive. 
where mm-hmm. they finally scored a touchdown. And Russ finally used his freaking legs, dude. Yeah, I just pulled out the stats for this game. Finally. I, I was curious about the rushing numbers. We were screaming at the TV all day, all night Sunday. Just run. Like, he's they're giving him three, four yards, yeah. you know? Take it. Yeah. Yeah, and so the debate is, like, is this – is he not running as a function of the play calling or is it uh, a dude who's saying I'm 34 years old and I want to, I hope not the after the extension. of my career. I, mean, yeah, I would hope not too. Um, is, is, is it a thing like this is why he wanted out of Seattle was because he didn't want to scramble around all the time and, and play backyard football. And now he wants to like quote unquote prove that he's a quote unquote cerebral quarterback. Yeah, um, but there's a balance there. And, you know, leading up to um, to that game earlier in the day, I had watched a little bit of the Buffalo game. And, like, you know, Josh Allen runs a good amount. But it's not because he's, you know, panicking and can't make reads. It's because no. it's because he's making a read that yeah. he's taking a little bit of yards here and there. It, it he's, feels also, like, he's also 10 years younger. and I, I agree, but... built like a linebacker. Russ is a lot well, smaller. Yeah, I understand, but... And I'm playing devil's advocate a bit. I agree completely. I want Russell to be Russell Wilson, you know? I, yeah. I want him to play like... Like how he's played his whole career. Like how he played when he beat the Broncos in the Super Bowl. Play, play like the guy that the Broncos traded for, it seems yeah. like, right? I mean... I don't think it's much more, much more than that. No, in, in right. my eyes, I mean, and it was so good on that drive though to see that. Yeah, and I, I really hope because that that drive was so late in the game, and the next drive uh, after the uh, Jonas Griffith interception, um, the Broncos I think just ran it three times, just trying to kill clock. I get it. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I think, um, but. God, I hope that that's a sign of things to come. I hope that they figure out like, oh, this is something that worked. We need to continue to call, you know, plays in this style. We need to get Russ moving. Um, And please, God, let this like offensive wake up moment come against the Raiders on Sunday. Oh, that would be great (laughs) to bust out. And just one more, one more thing on that. You know, I think we, you know, Broncos fans have seen the veteran quarterback come in and Peyton Manning and the second like the pocket starts to collapse, he just like falls over oh, on his own will. We and coined it, it the self sack. Yeah. And it would be nice, you know, because we're trading for Russell Wilson, not a Peyton Manning. Yeah. To to see a little bit of a of a different a different tact here. Mm-hmm. It just that's what I thought we were getting. And it and, and yeah, I think you phrased it well, like I'm scared that he's coming in and is like, let me erase the stereotypes about me that I don't like in this new setting. And it's like, no, why don't you just win football games, dude? Yeah. Like, man. Yeah. It turns out you're really good at it. So just keep doing it. And you don't need to do it a lot. No, you know, and doing it, I think opens up the passing game. Maybe, maybe that's me being naive and maybe it's like, well, a broken plays a broken play and not really, but I'd like to think it does. No, I mean, that's, that's exactly what made him special in Seattle. So, yeah, we, we've got to see more of it here in Denver. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, more bad? Continuing the bad. Okay. Uh, here's one that's bad, but not so bad. Um, Baron Browning went down with a knee injury in the first half, and I was freaked out. I was like, great, there goes our pass rushing depth. Came back, finished the game. So that's good. That's more um, badass than bad. 
Uh, and then the other bad, DJ Jones left the game with a concussion, so that absolutely sucks. Does that um, typically mean a player is out the next week no matter what? Oh, uh, no, it's pretty or... pretty up in the air. Okay. I don't even know what what is expected for him. I'm not sure if he practiced today, um, but whether he practices over the next couple of days will really be telling. Yeah, it will. Um. We're just playing yeah, the headlines Raiders, here. So you don't need your you don't need your A team. God, I hope I don't regret saying that. <laughs> Wouldn't that just be like the worst thing ever that the Raiders turn their season around, their horrible start it's around? I'm like <laughs> literally the worst. That would be it's because Josh McDaniels is their coach now. And <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be Josh McDaniels' first win. That would be worse than the Seattle loss in Seattle, I think. A thousand times worse. I will be Maybe not for Russ himself, but for Broncos fans. I would be inconsolable. <laughs> Luckily, well, I, I regret saying luckily. I will not be able to watch this Raiders game because I will be out of town in Seattle, funnily enough. I just brought up that game. Um, so I will not be able to watch this game, but I will certainly be following it on my phone. Yeah. Um, so we'll see if, you know, my superstition with baseball translates over to football. And then I start wondering whether me watching games or not has anything to do with the Broncos success. And then someone can slap that out of me if I start thinking that way. <laughs> All right. You ready for the ugly? Sure. Gonna, I, I mean, I know where you're going with this, but let's let's hear the specifics. I wonder if you, I wonder if maybe I don't. I'm probably not going to live up to your expectations, actually. Okay, first up, bad officiating. Uh, San Francisco's touchdown shouldn't have counted. I already called that out. That pass interference, offensive mm. pass interference on that play. NBC called it out on their broadcast after the commercial because it was blatant enough, and the networks never call out missed officiating calls like that now whether or not the pass interference actually interfered with the defenders in a meaningful way is doubtful um the pass was so quick i don't i think it was kareem jackson was right there i don't think there was any way he could have gotten um to the receiver to break up the pass or to stop him before he got into the end zone but it should have been called back anyway uh, the other thing that was really why I put this in the ugly um, was the uh, leg whip or the trip from Nick Bosa uh, on Russell Wilson. He uh, Wilson was starting to scramble to his right, and Bosa was over pursuing towards. Oh, I do remember that and, now. Like, threw I threw his leg out. That. They threw the flag. Yes, and then picked it up and said, "Nah." It was incidental. So I was actually debating with Brian while watching the game. He thought it was incidental. And that's I mean, what they ended up saying, right? Yes, it is. I remember saying on the first angle, yeah, that's incidental. But then they showed a different angle, and it looked pretty purposeful. Yeah, and like Bosa was looking back mm -hmm. like at his foot as he's yeah. – let me try to act it out while yep. I'm on a microphone. <laughs> um <laughs> No, and then they, they called it incidental, and they showed Bosa yep. smirking like he had gotten away with something. Yeah, yeah, that that's tough because, you know, like I said, on the one angle, I was like, no, that's incidental. Mm -hmm. But on the other one, I wasn't, and you'd think that whatever New York, New Jersey town they review this stuff in, or is it just right there in the NFL? Is it the, the refs just look uh, at No, video? I think it is at the headquarters in New okay. York. Okay, it's like you would you would think they would have at least as many angles as, as the broadcast does. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if there's just a, a time crunch and a pressure to make that make that call really quickly or what the deal is. But, yeah, I mean, I, 
I don't think it was that debate debatable on the second angle that NBC showed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what Tarico and Collinsworth said on that, if they had much to say at all. But um, yeah, I don't really remember either. But yeah. Um, I tend to tune those guys out. Yeah, that, that, that kind of sucked. That sucked. At least, uh, at least you know, it wasn't like an injury situation. Right. Yeah, if, but. If, if there had been an injury to Wilson, um, I would be absolutely furious about this. Funnily enough, I bet if there was, they sit there and they review it for even longer and end up calling something. Yeah, you're probably right. Okay, um, moving on down. 2.2 yards per carry for Melvin Gordon. They seem to be, and let me just check before I say this without actually looking at it. Okay, yeah. So, I was going to say it felt like to me that Gordon had more carries than Williams. He didn't, but he's only three behind. Is it a, Is that like a load management thing? Or, like, and I know... I mean, I know they're both, like, good, I guess. But, like, <laughs> Williams seems like a guy that's ready to break out if you just give him some shots. Give so, him some more shots. I mean, he had three more carries and 32 more yards. Um, I don't know. I mean, Gordon did get the touchdown. Yeah, and Andrew Mason uh, did a, a whole Twitter thread, I think, about uh, – the rushing stats and the perceived uh, favoritism that Melvin Gordon is getting, um, and I I didn't is save that a it. thing I, in the family? Because I just that I've not seen that. I elsewhere. mean, if you That's go if you go on Reddit, feeling. they are ready to first run Melvin Gordon out of town, really, and then second complain about how the coaches love him too much That's and give him I, the ball I more than Javante, which they that. literally that was, don't. Yeah, that was just completely from my. So maybe I'm just as bad as. As those, <laughs> those people, I, um, sorry. No, well, I, no, I'm I one, I'm one the, of you. I, I think the the Melvin carries stand out because first of all, he had two two fumbles in this game, both bounced back to him or his teammates. I guess I think Russ dove on one. I don't I don't really remember, remember. but um, so the 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 negative always stands out more right than the positive. But what what Mace was tweeting about Andrew Mason, um basically highlighted how much more effective Melvin Gordon is inside the red zone and especially in short goal to go situations, uh, how much more effective he is than Javante Williams is. Um, that's interesting. I'd like to see like, they have, I think one has nine and one has 10 carries from like maybe the five. Is that a play calling thing? Like is one getting just a lot of like, you know, draws and, like, is there I'm not a, really sure. I didn't. Be, I didn't like even explore tape. this thread like, very much. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, Williams had, I think, no touchdowns, and Gordon had, I think, I don't know, a couple. I'm not going to try to pull a number out, um, but he had a couple. So it's um, what that makes me think is that Gordon, uh, because he's a more veteran player. He has well. He's actually always had really good vision, uh, you know, being able to read his blockers around the offensive line. Uh, so I think that that's on display, really, in the red zone. Uh, and Javante just doesn't have that yet. He's much more. Yeah, but he's a bowling ball. Yeah, you know, well, so is Gordon. Actually, I'm curious about their 
measurements, but they've got to be close. I'd like to see, yeah, how many like shedded tackles each each has on on average or something. Because I don't know, Williams still, you know, I obviously saw him for the first time last year. It's just incredible. I mean, it's just like he gets swarmed, and then the swarm just continues like for three yards every time. Gordon is about ten pounds lighter than Javante, okay. thirteen pounds lighter. Well, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if it stays around around equal, obviously, Williams. And I'd need to go back and look at the other box scores and see from the previous two games. But it'd be interesting to see if that evolves at all throughout the season or if it's very situationally dependent, like yeah. who's in. Um, you know, I don't know if that's something that Ro- Rosberg, you know, is going to be looking at or any, you know, just the, the OCs or the OC and, and Hackett mm-hmm. or, or what, but... Um, yeah, it feels a little random right now, but that could just be me being a naive football fan. I'm not sure. No, I, um, I get what you're saying. I mean, it, it, I, I can't figure out the pattern. Um, I'm okay if there's not too much of a pattern. I, I really don't mind these guys splitting carries 50, 50. I would like Melvin to not drop the ball twice. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, actually I think he had a dropped pass too, but, um, do you feel that way just for a load load management reason, or is there another strategic reason? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're both really good backs. They complement okay. each other well, and uh, just different looks for the defense. I just don't want to wear one down. Okay, so it is somewhat load management. Now, yeah, if you're in, if you're in, you know, round two of the playoffs, are right, you going to feel hand. the same way? Then hot it's hand. just okay. Mm-hmm. Whichever one of them is doing better against that defense at that day. Um, so. Then we look at, and I know everyone but Denver lost in this division, but now you look at like, okay, well, it's the NFL. It's not Major League Baseball, so load management could lose you one game maybe, and that one game could keep you out of the playoffs. Like at what point do you – it's it's so tough like for me coming from a sport like baseball to understand like how do you, how do you manage the regular season because it just – all of the – and I think this is one of the things I'm falling in love with the NFL with, but – Every single game feels like a playoff game. Yeah. So I mean, everything it's tough. matters. It's tough. Yeah. Um, I don't have the numbers, but I could try to find it. Uh, but the, the 50-50 carries is not like – it's not unique to the Broncos. I was going to say in today's NFL, <laughs> we, we kind of brought as this I, up, right? As that, I pull up the, the stats for the Niners, just because I'm on this <laughs> – on this game uh, – this doesn't even make sense. How did this work for the Niners? The, so Javante had 15 carries. Yeah. Gordon had 12. They had no, the, the Niners, Niners had no rushing. They had one guy with 12 carries. Their next three leading rusher yardage uh, had one carry. Debo Samuel had five. He's kind of their – he's kind of a running back. Jack of all trades. But that is funny that I, I said, yeah. oh, yeah, I think that a lot of teams have 50-50 and then – well, I wouldn't be looking at, after this game, I wouldn't be in, and this is all credit due to Denver's defense, but I would not be looking at San Francisco as a model for offensive uh, Yeah, that's a good point. All right. How many more uglies you got? Just one. Okay. And I don't have a number to attach to this one, but dropped passes. We got to. Yeah. Got to watch that ball all the way in. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, it can't continue. Um, and honestly, Judy I don't think it's on one. Russ. No, I don't think I don't either. Judy had one today. Uh, I mean, uh, 
on this Sunday. Week. Yep. Uh, Alberto had one. Um, Gordon had one. I don't even know who else. But, you know, there were plenty to go around. The only only guy's not dropping balls is Cortland Sutton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As far as I can he's tell. Been, he's been amazing. So, so that's it. That's, that's my that's good, bad, ugly. and ugly for for this. What what was what, where did you think I was going? I thought you were going to go more on just the offense in general. Um I guess I didn't want to beat a dead horse. Yeah, and I kind of agree with you. I I think I think it's been really ugly. Um but yeah, I think that's the obvious thing to to pull out and because the defense is playing so well and because the record is what it is, there's like a little bit of allowance for patience there, I think. Um not so much that the offense deserves that, deserves not to be getting just ridiculed, but, and, and they are, but yeah, I, everyone said everything they need to about that. Yeah. It is what it is. And, you know, I think going forward, if it continues, then we can really start to, to dive in. But, you know, even, even a, a lot of the, the football outsiders guys, you know, it's, it's like they don't even have a lot to say about it. It's just, oh, well, you know, first-year coach, new quarterback, new system. Like, it doesn't look good, but it's, like, way too early to judge. And it's so, it's disappointing. It seems way worse than it should be. But, like, what do you – you know, there's no, like, systematic one thing, one, two, two things you can look at from what I understand. Right, and it, it doesn't even seem like there's something that they're consistently doing wrong on offense it's just maybe that's worse it's kind of everything <laughs> uh it's kind yeah. of different every week um but it, like yeah that so that makes it hard to say like oh this is what they need to fix you know right. like like we said earlier what they need to fix is russell wilson needs to play like he's always played well like how do you define that how do you game plan that how do you put those pieces together to make it work right yes like so, I, I don't have an answer for that and it, yeah it is so vague at this point you know there needs to be more data before you can really, I think, drill down into specifics. So I was looking for something specific that was related to what you were saying. But uh, in doing so, I stumbled across the tweet from Andrew Mason that I was talking about with uh, Gordon and Williams. So let me just read the tweet. Since joining Denver in 2020, Melvin Gordon scores on 56% of his rushing attempts from the opponent's three-yard line or closer. League average is 48%. Um with anyone but Gordon since 2020, the Broncos' rate is 29%, including 22% with Javante Williams. Wow. Okay. Now, that's from the three-yard line, so that's going to be – or closer. So that's going to be a pretty small sample size. But uh, like I said, I think that really exemplifies Gordon's uh, vision. That's good to know. Now, what I was looking for that was related to what you were just talking about – sorry <laughs> um, – were the numbers – here it is, actually – <clears throat> numbers from Wilson's first three games with the Broncos versus Peyton Manning's first three games with the Broncos. Yes, this is exactly. And those numbers are pretty similar. Yeah, they are. Way more than I would have thought. Russ's uh, passer rating through three games is 83.2. Manning's was 85.6. Give me the DR. Ooh, do, do I have? <laughs> Just kidding. I'm looking at somebody I mean, I'm kind else's of not Reddit kidding, post. But... Actually, you know what? Let me give credit while I'm reading this. Uh, I don't even know if there is DR going back to 2015. Dan Hypen, shout out to you, my friend, for for grabbing these stats off of uh, StatMuse. 
Uh, Wilson has 743 yards. Manning had 824. Um, here's the big difference. Uh, Wilson has two touchdowns. Manning had five. Okay. But on the flip yeah. side, Russ has one interception to Manning's three. So yeah, and also, close. I mean, they've been running it a lot, and like, I mean, those two fumbles loom large. Not that these would be credited to Wilson, obviously, but like, just looking at pure like points scored, you know, like that's not Russ's fault that mm-hmm. that MG three and and Javante drop, you know, fumble two balls and, and have them go for turnovers uh, in that in that first game. Sorry, I got distracted again reading through this. While you while you are distracted, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. What are you drinking? I am drinking the uh, Oktoberfest from Four Noses. Um, Is it too sweet because it's in a can and not on tap? <laughs> picking on me for what I said. It's trivia last night. That's right. It is. Uh, no, it's hitting the spot. Tell you what. Excellent. What are you drinking? I'm also going Oktoberfest, as I established a couple weeks ago. This is my... This is the time of year for one of my favorite beer styles. But I'm going with Great Divide, a great brewery out of Denver. And I don't drink their stuff enough. I don't know why. Um, one of the first breweries I fell in love with when I moved here. And uh, this is excellent. It's wonderful. I think this has got to be even better than the left hand. I think the only better Oktoberfest I've had this year is Beerstadt Lager House. So shout out to another Denver brewery. But uh, very good. Uh, wonderful. Um, nectar to sip while uh, <laughs> deciding how I feel about this Bronco season. Um, so, and I don't know how you're feeling about a break, but I have something for you to, uh, I'm, I'm curious, but something to bring up with you. Okay. Um, and it might take a little bit, so maybe we do break, but I'll preview it for you first. Okay. I want to do a little game. Well, <laughs> I didn't name, I, I was going to come up with a clever name, so now I'm on the spot. Uh, let's just call it <laughs> I test versus advanced stats, and I'll come up with something better later. Okay. So I want to, I want, I'm going to bring up something, and I want your gut feel on the eye test. And I know you're not mm. necessarily super into following the entirety of the NFL, um, but that's okay. That'll make this more fun. Okay. And what your eye test says will then be compared to what the advanced stats say. And, I'll be curious because, you know, there's there's a it's still happening, not as much as it used to. But in baseball, there's definitely like a lot of contentious energy uh, between the eye test folks and the stat head folks and yeah, and all that. And and I don't know if that's there. I don't know if the stat stuff is big enough. Um, but I being the nerd I am, I had a ton of fun um, past couple days just just scrolling through football outsiders charts and graphs. <laughs> And just seeing seeing some trends or seeing seeing some uh, you know the, so basically the state of things uh, in different different splits. So why don't we take a quick break? Okay, and then we can come back and play a little bit of eye test versus advanced stats. All right, sounds good to me. Cool. We will be we'll be back back. All right, we have eye test versus advanced stats coming up. Um, I got to say, I failed the eye test on a lot of these, so I'd be curious to see if you do better than I did. Okay. Um, so what I want to do is kind of throw out where the Broncos are with some of these football outsider stats. I'm sure a lot of you are tired of me talking about them, but you're going to hear a lot more. So if you don't (laughs) like it, well, I guess you can just 
stop listening. Please, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> All right. So looking at uh, DVOA. So just a reminder of what DVOA is. It's and it's really wordy sounding when you talk about it. Defense adjusted value over average. So it basically says when you're looking at the entire team, which I'm about to look at that version of DVOA, what percent better are you than the average team? Just everything accounted for. Defense, special teams, offense. Okay. So where, I'm not going to have you guess the percentage number, but 1 through 32, keep in mind, I just have to say, this is adjusted for basically the team you're playing. Right, okay. Um, Where do you think the Broncos rank 1 through 32 in total DVOA after three weeks? So it's a just it's how well you do. It's basically supposed to be a ranking of the 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 how the best team to the worst team one yeah. through thirty two, straight up. And it's supposed to say like, for example, um, I think uh, Miami is a team that has a much lower DVOA than their record says, and it's something that Football Outsiders is talking about a lot right now. Yeah, so they're know. the anomaly here. Yeah, but this is a common thing that can happen with like advanced stats is that it's supposed to tell you who the pretenders are, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, keep that in mind. Does DVOA think the Broncos are pretenders at 2-1? and one? Does it think that's where they should be? Does it think they should be better? What, where do you think yeah, okay. DVOA says rank 1 through 32 the Broncos are based on how they performed? God, so I want to say like middle of the pack. So, so like 16, I w- right? Yeah, I would say somewhere between like... 12 and 16 okay. would uh would be my guess based on results higher H- higher better better um number 10 10 okay so i wasn't terribly far off not terribly the uh the broncos are 10.9% better than the average team um putting them uh, in front of Miami by <laughs> one place. In front of Green Bay okay, by two places. Um, the only team that's ahead of them in the division is only two slots ahead at number eight, and that's obviously Kansas City. Kansas City, yes. I was pretty floored at that. I failed that eye test. I had them probably in the 18-20 range, honestly, okay. with how – bad the offense has been the booze raining raining down yeah so i guess the uh explanation would be that they that football outsiders expects that the broncos will improve no that, this that, is not a predictive stat it's not at all it's okay. not a predictive stat it's looking at well and and then this is where i would need to, to dig down a little more and see exactly which pieces it's looking at um but a lot of things like down situations what you're doing the the defense you're playing how well they're supposed to be um now it's early on in the season so maybe take some of this with a grain of salt um but okay so now let's do this just the offense offensive dvoa where would you put the broncos it's got to be low bottom third so pretty close pretty close what is that if i can just do like 24 really close number 22 overall 22 they are 11.1 percent worse than your average offense 
So really no surprise there. I would yeah, say you totally pass makes sense. That I test. Defense. Defense has to be super high. This is tough because so this is based on who you've played? Or it's based or, on it, it's based on not really who you played. It's trying to take that out of the picture. Okay, okay. It's trying to adjust for that. So if you play a really crappy team, it's not going to give you as much credit if you did well. Okay, well, okay. Is it cheating for me to say I I know that they've given up the second fewest points in the NFL? So I'm just going to go number two. Not quite that good. Number five. Five. Okay. But it's kind of interesting. Defense or offenses score twenty four point three percent. Uh, or 24.3% worse, if you can quantify that, than the average team when they play the Broncos defense. Okay. No, this is a very small sample size. This is all three games then. Right. Uh, special teams. Hmm. Special teams is tough. I have a really hard time evaluating special teams. Because if they're not... Me too, because I don't even know how they would do that here. Like, does that uh, end of game one field goal attempt count against the special yeah. teams? Because it really shouldn't. It's not... You know, it's not McManus's fault right. that they told him to kick that. Um, I think McManus had a, a missed kick in the Houston game as well. That's the game I only caught part of. So, so sure. that one could also be pretty pretty big, you know, mark against them. Um, on the other hand, like they haven't given up huge returns uh, from like the defensive standpoint. Um Damn, I don't know. I'll go, I'll say 10. I'll put it this way. The offense is better than the special teams, according to D. Really? Number 25. Really? Okay. Negative 2.3%. Now, it's really tight in this range. It's really tight. Um, And I I would wonder if if this is one that needs more time to to bake. Like, a three-game sample size just isn't enough. Especially for... Special teams, right? Because yeah, because it's not a quite as head to head ish, right? It's it's they only In come a out once a drive. Mm-hmm. Ideally, <laughs> maybe they don't even come out once a drive right. if there's a turnover. Yeah. Um, and actually, with the offense being so bad, that means that uh, actually no flip. You think that flip would mean side with the with, with the, the defense being so good? That means they're forcing opponents off the field, which means. Opponents are kicking, punting it away more, which means how do I do It's this? tough, though, because it balances on the other end. I see where you're going. You're constantly maybe, you know, getting the ball, you know, just letting a touchback happen, right? Like, yeah. You know, and, and what is that? I, I have no idea how you would measure special teams in that sense. You know, okay, so you have nothing to do with a touchback, right? You really have nothing. I mean, I guess you could say, well, you could catch it, you know three yards into the end zone and take it out. But that's not always that's smart. Never the smart thing to do. Yeah. Well, hardly ever. Right. Right. So that one, that one, I'm going to say like, whatever, we don't need to care about that one. Okay. It is. It's the, uh, I got I got to finish my, but yeah, please do. Try, yeah. Like, like I'm trying to logic through this It's because the offense is bad. Therefore, uh, the special teams are punting it away more often. Therefore they're giving up more yards in return like like net yards right that's true yeah or, or gross yards but you would think that would be like a rate stat like per per kick how much return yards are you giving up but i don't know that yeah i'm not sure i don't know that's i would i'd be very curious and i and this this will be my homework assignment 
is to look into special teams DVOA because that's wild to me. Um, I don't understand how to how to rate that. Okay, so let's take a quick break from DVOA and look at the good old DR. Okay. So this is just defense adjusted yards above average. So we're going to be looking at uh, player specific things, not team specific things. Okay. So this is basically saying uh, we're going to start with the quarterback and this will basically say, okay, if you have a, an average quarterback, how many more yards on offense are you getting? Have you gotten accumulatively uh, with Russell Wilson versus an average quarterback? So I don't, Obviously, I'm not going to have you guess that number, but where do you think Russell Wilson ranks of all quarterbacks? We have a pool. It is just a pool of 32, so I guess there's been no significant injuries so far. Yeah, they must have a minimum uh, pass attempt. Yeah, I would imagine so. Um, hmm. So 1 through 32, where do you peg Russell Wilson? Got to be... Low, I'll go low 20s, or I guess. Number 14. Really? Number 14, ahead of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Just I, ahead. What this is proving is that I don't understand this. I can't wrap my head I, around Yes, this. this just makes me want to dig into it more. <laughs> because guess who's one spot above Russell Wilson? Derek Carr. Really? Really interesting. So, Carr, okay. Yeah. Now... I don't quite understand how this is calculated, but um, it would be really fun to look into. And and like I said, that's the fun of these numbers yeah. is that we can maybe listen back to this episode when we're done with 17 games instead of done through three and be like, wow, that actually was seeing something that like just results-based stats aren't. Yeah. And I don't know what they're looking at. Maybe maybe there is some predictive stuff in there. I don't I don't really know. I just love looking at it. I've always loved this about baseball too, is basically seeing past the, just the pure results on, Mm -hmm. on, uh, I mean, this is what the, my, one of my favorite movies and and books ever is about Moneyball, right? It's someone who could see this stuff about, uh, you know, about players and realize they're way more valuable than other people think they are. Right. Um, Yeah. It's trying to, uh, find the hidden truth. Yeah. It's trying to find the signal through the noise. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and to be fair to football outsiders, if a lot of this ends up being wildly off, the sample size is three games. Right. So let's check back in every few weeks and see where we are here. I think that would be really fun. Okay. Where do you think the... Okay. couple questions here. Who do you think is the highest ranked? And we're going We're going to use DR again for this, okay? Uh, who do you think is the highest ranked of the two running backs for Denver? And where do you think they land overall? Seems like the higher ranked should be Javante. Correct. Uh, and I would like I'm basing that off of just the fact that he's more uh, higher yards per carry um, and, and just is racking up more yards overall. Um, overall rankings, though. Uh, what is this? This has to be more than 32. Yeah. So we go to a pool of. Oh, this is a, a 38. 38? 38, because it's minimum 24 rushes. Okay. So we got to see the Bears all over this, right? <laughs> no, that's all they do is rush. Man. 
38 rushers, and both Javante and Gordon are in the top 38. They've they've hit that 24 rush minimum. Okay. Um, I will say Javante maybe 12? 26. Whoa, it's way And way behind off. him at 31 is Gordon. Really? I really want so, to look into this. And I wonder how much having two red zone fumbles, yep, one each, that's what I was thinking. in only three games has to and do with that. That is brutal. Javante has not hit pay dirt yet, correct? I don't think he has a touchdown this year. He does not. I don't I don't think so. Um, I know he didn't yeah, last none, game. Yeah, none this year. Uh Gordon only has one touchdown this year. This year and two fumbles and two fumbles. Yeah. So okay, those those make sense. Um, I think those will improve a lot. I sure hope so. I think you're right. Um, this is interesting. It, it makes sense. Those those should be probably pretty heavily weighted factors. I was really only mm-hmm. thinking about yardage. Um, to me, this gives me optimism though, because I think those red zone fumbles are really uncharacteristic. Yeah. And it's like, okay, our offense has been really struggling. Russ is still decently ranked top half. And our running backs who have been uncharacteristically turnover prone are due. Yeah. Maybe, you know, I know that's a that's a slippery slope to go down. You yeah. Know, it's a, that's a tightrope you can walk, but I really think they're kind of due. So that gives me optimism. The fact that, that, our running back core is down there. Okay, so this is going to be a fun one. Our best wide receiver is definitely Cortland Sutton, and ranks where overall in oh, so all of NFL receivers. So he's got to be. And high, there's a right? really there's a really fun stat here that I want to share. That's not an advanced stat, but uh, this is also going to be ranked by DR. Um, but then on top of that, there's a very basic stat I want to share. That's okay. Fun. All right. Um, hmm. He's got to be top 10. Easily. Easily top 10. Easily. Is he top five? Easily. He's not number one. Number two. Really? Cortland Sutton, number two. Who's number one? Uh, Diggs in Buffalo. Okay. All right. So, yeah, number two, Cortland Sutton. And one of my – one of the stats that amuses me the most is he has um, – 83 yards gained on defensive pass interference calls. He has three DPIs against him already. Really? Uh, and that is by far and away the best. Sweet. People are scared of Cortland Sutton. Dude, I, I have said, pe- people have been, um, through over the offseason, over the summer, people were really hyping up Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler because, uh, well, KJ Hamler is a lot like Tyler Lockett who was one of Russ's favorite targets in uh, Seattle. In Seattle yeah. um, Hamler hasn't really played very much. And uh, I don't know. He's kind of fun when he's on the field, but I kept trying to pound the table for, uh, for people to wake up about Cortland Sutton and realize like Cortland Sutton's going to be the number one receiver on this team. Even before Tim Patrick was hurt. Uh, I thought, Cortland would would really break out this year because he had a Pro Bowl season with Drew Locke two years ago. Uh, <laughs> That's wild. He's he's. I mean, he. I think he was an alternate, but 
yeah, he this young man is waiting to to burst onto the NFL scene. Um, I I think it's gonna happen. I I think it's already happening. It's already it happened. Sounds like. I'll say. <laughs> and if you're Judy, aren't you licking your chops now? Because. I mean, is Sutton going to get double covered? Exactly. Something's going to happen exactly. now where teams are going to start looking at this and they're going to have to adjust. Yeah. And you're now going to be probably in a great position to be a lot better than number 55 on this list. Chew. I know. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah. So you stop dropping the ball, too. And then obviously Hamler's uh, not even on the on – the, I think it's a minimum 12 pass. He isn't even, yeah, I wonder how yeah. many targets he even has. Yeah, and I don't even know. It says minimum 12 passes. I'm guessing that means targets um, instead of receptions at this point, I would imagine. But, yeah. Um, so, that's fun to me. Like, Russ, you're in the top half of quarterbacks. Your offense is terrible. Sutton, you're number two overall in wide receivers. Your offense is terrible. Like, Broncos country. <laughs> Let's ride. <laughs> Come on, man. Like <laughs> this is all this is all very encouraging to me. Yeah. This is all very, very encouraging. Um, so that is my little segment there on uh I test versus advanced stats. And I think it's just fun to to kind of try to not necessarily the advanced stats, especially after three games, I would say a lot of times they're probably gonna be a little off. Yeah. But it's a fun little calibration thing to just like let me shake my bias here. Let me just read something or or uh consume something that's going to maybe give me a different opinion and you know these statistics that they have the dr the dvoa like are completely unemotional yeah it is and they challenged my at the end of the year they tend to pass the eye test Mm -hmm. but it's fun being three games in when everyone is overreacting right to look at that and say hmm okay Maybe here's some reason to be a little pessimistic, or in our case, there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about yeah. the offense. So, thought I'd throw that out there as a little segment, and I don't know. I think it's kind of fun. Like the only one that was disappointing were the running backs, and, right? And you know, I think there's reason to think that the uncharacteristic, let's hope those are uncharacteristic turnovers, are the reason why, and that that will um, not be a trend going forward. It's exciting stuff. It is, man. Here's, I, you know what I hope? I, I hope that they start getting their stuff figured out against the Raiders because as we pivot to look forward to next week. Yes. Um, the Raiders are allowing. Actually, do you still have those DVOAs pulled up? Can I do. You, uh, what would you like me to look at? Defense. I would like to see. Defensive DVOA. Let's look at Las Vegas. Very curious about where the Raiders rank because it can't be good. They're giving up 25, over 25 points a game. They are number 20th, number 20 number out of 32. 20. So a little more in the middle than you'd expect. Yeah. Um, who have they played, though? So because it is adjusted for the team they're playing. Yeah, maybe. so they've played. Who, let me think. Um, I could go look at their schedule here as I pull up. I know that they, they just CBS lost Sports. to... They just lost to um, Tennessee. Uh, they also lost to Arizona and to and the Chargers. The Chargers. So yeah, actually, so they've given up. They've given up twenty four, twenty nine, and twenty four points. Um, yeah. So if the Broncos have another eleven point showing, that's not going to be enough. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, interesting. And let's look at like where Seattle, for example, ranks. So Seattle is number 30 with their defensive DVOA. Oof. So that's kind of interesting. Um, kind of weird when you look at div- defensive DVOA, the lower number is better. It's basically saying how, what is the offensive DVOA against you? So okay. like, if it's negative, you're doing great. Um, so just fun fact there. So against uh, the Raiders, teams are performing 6.6% better than if they were against an average defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, against the Seahawks, teams are 20% better than they would be against an average team, Ooh. according to this stat. And look at how bad the Broncos did in week I one. I know. <laughs> it would be fun. Okay. Okay. So so while, while we're on this page, over under 16, 15 and a half points. No, let's go over under 16 and a half points. For Denver? For Denver against the Raiders. Oh, man. I really badly want to say over. I'm slamming the over. I'm not even kidding. I look at these offensive statistics, uh, and I slam that over, man. Yeah, you're really feeling do. good that we're finally yes. going to get more than one touchdown yes. in the game. I see that, like, and this is an eye test thing, but I look at that that drive, the touchdown drive from Russ. Yeah. And I hope that unlocks something, or I hope it unlocks something. Yeah. Um, I'm slamming that over. Well, here's here's what'll help. The the Raiders are going to be without, possibly, could be. I shouldn't say going to. They could be without both of their top two cornerbacks, without their starting uh, middle linebacker, and without one of their starting safeties. So an already bad defense is now getting crippled by injuries, potentially. I I don't know the status of any of those guys for certain, but... I want to see if I can quickly pull up, because sports betting is legal in Colorado, if I can pull up this app and see if there is a listed point total for the Broncos of this game I'd be very curious it's going to take me a second so continue on I know that uh, overall uh the last line that I saw was uh I think minus one and a half for the Raiders uh which makes sense because they're at home and is it really home for the Raiders though (laughs) I mean that stadium is just never dude we gotta go sometime we really do I, I gotta make it there all right, moving along with the Raiders. Um, they are, by the way, the only 0-3 team in the NFL. Yep. Uh, Which is kind of like, can we celebrate these moments? Like, Houston Houston is also winless, but Houston has a tie. a tie. Yeah. So A tie to the team that comes next, by the way, the yeah. Colts. Yeah. Uh, and, by the way, that's on Thursday night. So we're in for a short week after Amazon, this one. Amazon Prime game. Right, uh, Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet on the call. Use your Prime sub; uh, it's free. Uh, you can uh, sub here and uh, donate some bits. Uh, sorry, I watch too much Twitch. <laughs> it is really weird being at a bar and like, I know it's more just Amazon Prime, but it is on Twitch itself, and I'm just like imagining the broadcasters just asking for subs. <laughs> it really amuses me. Uh, um, anyway, <laughs> all right, players to watch out for. Uh, for the Raiders, obviously, Derek Carr. Um, he threw for 303 yards and two touchdowns against Tennessee. Uh, how many games has Russell Wilson thrown for 300 yards this year? I'm guessing zero. None at all. Yep. And two games. To get number to 13 in DR, Derek Carr versus number 14 Russell Wilson. So technically, he's been one slot better. Now here's what I kind of find funny: Javante Adams was. Uh, so I'm, <laughs> 
Devonte Adams. I'm an idiot. Uh, Devonte, it's written in front of me. I'm actually reading his name on my notes right now. With you just got you D. got Williams on your mind. It's fine. Oh, so me dumb. Devonte Adams probably the best wide receiver in the league right now. Uh, not that much of a factor last week. Mac Hollins came up with eight passes for your number four in DR. Mac Hollins really. Two slots behind Cortland Sutton. I don't know who the hell this guy is. I had never heard of him before I wrote up my little show notes Google Doc like I do every week. Um, I have no no clue who this guy is. Uh, so I was thinking Sertan will probably have his hands full with Devontae Adams. Maybe we're going to need Sertan on this mystery man, Mac Hollins. That will be fun to watch, right? You know, we were talking about, and I can't remember his name, the DC of the Broncos. Mm -hmm. Is that his assignment? Is that his job to pick that? I mean, I'm not sure where it breaks down. And do they do they kind of share reps? You know, uh, with Sutton on them, we'll see. That that is interesting. Let me see. Yeah, I'm sure that Sertan will not follow uh, Adams' all game. Adams is down at number 51. And I just want to caution though for anyone that was is going to give me crap like about being too obsessed with this. I'm doing it for fun. The fun is that this is a three sample, three three game sample size. Yeah. Picture. Um, it yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, Hollins and number four, <laughs> and uh, wow, the Raiders actually have a few pieces on here. Adams at number fifty one, and uh, Renfro at seventy. Have you got? Uh... The running back stats still up. I'm curious about Josh Jacobs. Uh, the Raiders did not pick up his fifth year option. Uh, so now he's out to prove something. He had 98, 97 uh, total yards, 66 rushing, 31 receiving. Um, he's in number 20. Okay. He's in number 20. So I don't quite remember. Uh, so I think he's. Technically ranks better than our boys. Yeah. Yeah. He does 26 being our highest with Williams. So um, another thing to look out for. Interesting that they have these like offensive pieces. Their defense must just be awful, right? I mean, it's we, we looked at what they gave up. Um, yeah. You know, so, 24, 29, 24, like I said. But it, man, I mean, it's not like they're getting blown out, though. That's the thing with Las Vegas. It, right. They're losing close. It, and that's what's scary, right? Is that. It would just suck emotionally for them to like finally kind of come back to what they, you know, to their like real value against Denver. At yeah, home. I, that I, would suck. I do not want them to uh, have their get right game yeah. against us, you know, especially given who their coach is, because I hate Josh McDaniels right. with the burning fury of a thousand suns. <laughs> like, I can't explain how much I hate his stupid punchable face he's awful go for looking open some windows this man is steaming in here (laughs) i can't lose i I can't i can't deal with it if if they lose to him i will be inconsolable if the broncos get edged out or god forbid blown out by what would be better for your mental health a win (laughs) a win (laughs) It's, it's at least if they're getting blown out, you can turn man. the TV off. Yeah, I won't. I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> um, last dude that I think the uh, Broncos need to look out for is Max Crosby. He's only got two sacks this year, but he was a force to be reckoned with last year, and I just feel like he's waiting to waiting to break out. You know, 
Um, I guess you know, also we, don't we forget about last episode, how good the O-line was in, in week one. And I, I don't have those stats going forward, but so maybe there's some hope there. Yeah, I, I hope combine that with the fact that maybe Russ has found his legs. You yes. Know? That's what I really hope for. And that was my last thing in my notes here about this game. Uh, which we've already said several times, but the Broncos have to look at that fourth quarter drive uh, for, mm-hmm. you know, their play calling inspiration going forward. Yeah. Uh, and until it gets figured out and, and once it gets figured out, then, you know, have another wrench ready to throw into it. Sure. But even um, if it had a lot of broken plays, mm-hmm. um, you scored. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in a, in a dire, yeah, and, and, dire situation and the broken plays, like capitalizing on those is what set, John Elway apart back in the day. It's what sets uh, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes a, yeah. apart now. Yep. And it's what makes, you know, uh, Josh Allen special. It's what yep. made Russell Wilson special for so many years. Aaron Rodgers can capitalize on it. Ben Roethlisberger could always capitalize mm-hmm. on it. So even if it's not going perfect, like, please, Russ, just cook. I know. Do do your thing. That, yeah. I mean, I mean, do something besides like have the quickest three and out series and then beat that and then beat that for the even quicker one like that I've ever seen in my life. Cause yeah, that's why the boo birds are out. It's yeah. Like, and also as good as this defense have been, has been the more you put them out there to suck up time, you know, it's going to start wearing like, that's right. It'll start catching the last up. The thing them. we need to see is like, Jewel start getting a little hurt again or, you know, all right. these guys that we, we, that we talked about, like every single minute they're out there longer than they need to be. And you know, scary. the other thing, I, I think that this defense um, really could be built more to play with a lead than to keep you in a game. Interesting. Uh, so you think, okay, their, their pass rush is so talented that if the Broncos can get a lead, uh, and, and the sustain a, a lead, then yeah, you can you can be really aggressive. Mm-hmm. And I, we saw a little bit of it on Sunday night. They they got a little bit. I don't know if I would call it exotic, but a little bit different. Where they lined up uh, both Chubb and Gregory on the same side of the line. Um, okay, good luck doubling that side of the line <laughs> because we got two of our guys over there too. Mm-hmm. So, how many times did Jimmy get sacked? Ah, uh, five, four. Both are good. I cannot recall exactly, and that's not a yeah. CBS doesn't have it immediately available. Anyway, not to derail, but yeah, I agree. It would be interesting this team instead of playing for their life, you know, for the team's life and survival to actually go out there with a ten point lead. What does that yeah. look like? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I how many times has this team had a lead? How many times have the defense been, yeah, been able to breathe? I'm going to try to look that up. What if you go out there and you score a touchdown on an opening drive? Even then, what does the defense do? You know, that would look so good. I think if you win the toss, you you take the ball and just try to have a a drive just like the scoring drive you did at the end of the last game. Go down, get seven, and then let's let's have a breath of air for once in a game. I, I wanted to find I'll, I'll I will look this up. I know I'll be able to find it somewhere um for our next show. But or yeah, man, out, it, yeah. if if they come out with that clutch uh 
touchdown drive on your first drive instead of your final one. Yeah. And, and just look at how different the game looks from there, you know? Fool yourself into the urgency you had then yeah. just to do it. Yeah, just and it's, to see what happens. It is kind of kind of concerning. It's it's weird that that drive can happen late in the game, uh, because every NFL coach, as far as I'm aware, scripts plays before a game for like your first drive or your yeah, your, your, or your opening series. They'll yeah. have like between uh, twelve to fifteen plays. Yeah, um, that used to be Gary Kubiak's like finest coaching hour was his script was like masterful mm-hmm. and they would score early all the time. And then it was the in-game adjustments that failed. Well, right now, Nathaniel Hackett's failing at both. Yeah. Um, and I don't know who was responsible for crafting that late drive. Uh, I suspect it was a lot of Russ. Me too. Um, or at least his not crafting it, but reacting in a yeah. way just to make it happen. And, and I hope that, uh, you know, those two dudes can synergize to use a corporate buzzword to uh there's not any outward conflict there i mean no. you see them hugging well, each other thank and... god because it's still so early yeah um yeah but we've seen it in the past like yeah yeah i don't know i'm, I'm not i'm not panicking yet the sky is not falling yet if you're two and one you can't panic and you're tied for first place in the afc west you can't panic yeah you're right that that kind of quiets a lot of uh Cortland uh, Cortland Sutton, the number two wide receiver in all of the NFL. Yeah, right? like I'm optimistic. There's, I've, yeah, there's uh, a lot so, of reason so to be optimistic. Kind of, kind of. I think the theme of this episode, at least from from what I hope you guys take away from me, is that I'm actually like way more excited and optimistic than I was at this point last year, being three and zero with Teddy Bridgewater. And if you're not like, and Vance, sorry, or, you're uh, you're wrong. Not not Vance Joseph. He's so stupid. I can't even remember his name. <laughs> Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio. Just the most vanilla, slack-jawed, boring <laughs> individual. Sorry, bud. I hope you're not listening. He's not. He's got better things to do. He's got money. He probably doesn't know what a podcast is. <laughs> you're probably <laughs> right. Such an old dinosaur of a man. Oh, man. It, it, what, it, the paper talks at you now? <laughs> <laughs> is that one of those phones? <laughs> anyway, man, I think all I have to say is this is a dramatic start to the season. I am optimistic. And I think these next three games, Las Vegas, um, Indianapolis, and the Chargers are going to be very telling. And I think what I want to do at the end of the Chargers game, after the Chargers game, I want to revisit this whole array of advanced stats I just threw out and let's see where we're at and let's compare it to the record. All right, man. And let's do eye test versus advanced stats again. After that point, I'm going to throw it out there. I think those are all wins. You think? All, oh, oh, I forgot. I think we're five and I think we're five and one before, before we, I think they're all wins before we close this out. I forgot that we were going to do this. We were going to, is there a thing I forgot to, yeah, we were going to go every time and uh, update our, our wins and loss prediction. Oh, oh, I needed to prepare for this. Because obviously Jacksonville is a huge flip from what I thought before. Like, that's got to be an auto loss now. Are you for real right now? Jacksonville? Have you seen how good they look? No. <laughs> they look yes, incredible. Really? Yes. It's just that it's Jacksonville. <laughs> so. I know. I know. All right. 
All right, let's run through it. Jacksonville, number two behind Buffalo in total DVOA this year. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna this is gonna be easy for me. This is gonna be easy for me. You go down the line, I'm gonna tell you. All right. So um first of all, uh we were correct. Uh we both called uh Houston and San Francisco wins. Uh we did win both of those games. All right. Uh Vegas. Raiders. Win. I agree. That's a flip for both of us. We we said loss last time. Uh Indy. Win. Agreed. Uh at the Chargers. Win. Really? Yes. I'm actually gonna take the L on that one, which is a flip from last time. I think I, that's I going to be a Broncos semi home game, and that's a win. I'll tell you what helps. Uh and you never root for injuries, but uh they lost Joey Bosa to IR and he will miss he will Related not be to the tripping Bosa? Uh yes, they're brothers. Okay. Nick is the older one, I believe. No, Joey's older. I don't remember. Uh anyway, he's on IR, so he won't be eligible to return until after uh the Broncos and Chargers face off. All right. Um uh the Jets. Win. Definitely. Uh, at Jacksonville. By the way, this one's in London. Oh. I still think a loss. Really? I think a blowout loss. Really? Yes. Okay, then we got the bye week. Oh, I'm going win on that one, by the way. Uh, <laughs> at Tennessee. <clears throat> oh, man. I, I, meant, I meant win at Jacksonville, not not on the bye. <laughs> I'll go. Is that at Tennessee? or It's at Tennessee, yes. I'm going to go loss. I know. I think I flipped I that last time. I think they've looked very good. I think I'm gonna I go that. I think their DVOA looks really bad right now because of the Buffalo game, where they I think Buffalo scored like forty points on them at least. Man, who isn't Buffalo scoring forty? Well, Miami, I guess. Yeah. Uh, okay, Raiders uh, in Denver. Win. I think that's a Raiders Man, sweep this you year. You know what? I'm going for the Raiders sweep Raiders as well. Sweep. Uh, at Carolina. Oh, easy win. Yeah. Uh, at Baltimore. Loss. Yeah, I'll take the L there. Uh, Kansas City in Denver. Loss. Right now. I I'm think Kansas City sweeps this again. I'm just going to throw that out loss. there right now. Uh, Arizona in Denver. Mm. In Denver. Loss. Okay. Yeah. Maybe if it were there. If it was in Arizona, you'd think we'd win? I think that's a coin flip in arizona i think we we obviously win in denver i think it's a coin flip oh i thought you said loss sorry no no win for me yep gotcha uh did i say loss wow at too many of these haas Oktoberfest. at the rams christmas day loss okay i will agree with you on that one not very controversial here we've taken a lot of the same games what do we have like one difference so far at kansas city Yep, we both go for definitely the, a loss. So we're both saying sweep. Yes, revert or opposite Sucks. sweep. Yep, but it's okay. We sweep the Raiders. Uh, and then final game of the year is uh, the Chargers in Denver. I'm calling that a win. win. Yep, me too. All right, man. Uh, updated. Do I have us one game worse than you, or are we even? We might be even. Let's see. You have us still 10 and 7. Okay, I'm consistent, I guess. Um, and I, 1, 2, 3, 4, still have it at 11 and 6, but I, okay. 
I changed what? Yeah, I think that's interesting because we both flipped a few games around. I remember yeah. saying adamantly before the season began um, that like Arizona was a loss, and how I flipped there. <laughs> I'm very surprised at your Jacksonville take. They are amazing, dude. I'm not even kidding. They are incredible. So they rank number two overall in DVOA. Okay, their offense is uh, number five. Uh, their defense is number four, and their special teams is uh, 17. So let's call it an average. But, like, top five offense, top five defense. Uh, that new coach, I don't remember his name. Uh, obviously a uh, lot better than Urban Meyer. Doug but Peterson. Super Bowl winner. It's working for them. And I'm telling you, that team is frightening. This is not the Jacksonville team we played last year. I'm gonna have with to look. Bridgewater. I'm gonna have to watch them. Watch, watch them, dude. Watch them. I don't know who they play. Let's find out who do they play next week. I let's just let's let's see. Will, I think that would be a fun game to pay attention to. Obviously, I can't watch football next week um, because I will be out of town and enjoying all that our lovely city of Seattle has to offer. But oh okay here's a good test on uh, they play the e oh they play the eagles yeah oh that's gonna be oh i really want to watch that game oh that's gonna be a fun one because the eagles also looking amazing yeah the eagles are hurt a weird hurts. one i Jaylen did not hurts. expect them to look yeah. as good as they have i think i think this is a fantastic game this is basically miami buffalo part two in terms of like how intrigued I am at which team's going to win. And I don't necessarily think the better team's going to win. Like, Are you going to go really crazy on me here and call this like a Super Bowl preview because this is AFC versus NFC? It could be. I'm not even kidding. It could be. <laughs> if you if you just if you said those words to somebody from 12 months ago, I know. They would have you put into an institution. <laughs> well, and then they immediately let me out when I was right. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not even kidding. This is that that's going to be a fun one to watch. This is where like I wish I played fantasy football next year. Wow. Okay. Well, Aaron, I think this has been fun. Um, man, it's been it, fun for us. I hope it's been fun. For yeah, you me too. too. This is fascinating. This is like a really fun time to get into the NFL for me with all the Broncos drama plus the league having certain teams just turning everything on on its head. So uh, we will probably not record next week, but probably the week after. Yeah, given that it's a short week plus you're traveling, yeah, um, not gonna look good for recording, but definitely the following week. Um, so maybe that's kind of the cadence we'll try to get into. Instead of having weekly uh, reactions, we can do uh, every other week kind of recap. We can we'll learn more that way, right? Yeah, we'll for learn about, more about who the Broncos. Obviously, are. if something crazy happens, we'll we'll record kind of like we did that one off Ross episode. But, yeah, but yeah, going forward, I think it'll be. Um, probably not every week, but, but, um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the content. I had fun talking about it. I had fun listening to you talk about it. <laughs> this, was, this, this was fun. Yeah. And a quick shout, uh, the NBA and NHL are both, uh, underway in preseason. Yeah. Actually, NBA is just training camp. Uh, NHL preseason is underway. Has begun. Yep. And we have what less than 10 games left of the baseball regular season. 
Um, so maybe next episode two, I'll get a little bit into like a playoff preview. Yeah, um, and which but the case, Astros are we'll going to have a bye. We'll have so. to abbreviate our Broncos stuff a little bit. Probably. Yeah, we'll see. Or we can do separate episodes or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Astros will likely have a first round bye. So if we did have a delay there, we will see. But thanks everyone for listening. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. We'll be back with you uh, soon. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. That's right. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Aatencio91, at Cutchin, and at PI Sports Show. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for our track Ready, Aim, Fire. This has been the Poorly Informed Sports Show. Sports Show.